1: Welcome back, everyone. Thank you guys so much for joining us here for another episode, wherever in the world you're listening to us from, whatever platform you're listening to us on. As always, thank you guys so much for the support. Thank you for sharing this podcast around, for all the interaction on social media, the emails you guys have sent. Really, really appreciate it and really excited to bring this episode to you. Obviously, if you are listening to this, you are very passionate about basketball, probably very passionate about coaching basketball as well, and are always looking for opportunities to kind of bring the game to more people to expand those opportunities for people and and just expose especially at the younger level as many people as possible to the game that we possibly can Um, i know we all know as coaches that we're always competing with different sports that that are starting at a youth age and sometimes it's hard to uh bring basketball in in people's attention and, and make that the sport that they fall in love with but it certainly is doable and uh, that's kind of what we want to talk about here today is about the idea of creating basketball opportunities for everyone talk with my guest about the work that he does in his area some ideas about how to maybe for you the listener to build up your own basketball opportunities and really just kind of have a good conversation about growing the game itself so if that's something you're interested in or or are looking to develop i think that this is going to be a good episode for you I'm very very happy to be joined by Basketball coach, among many other things, you know, you know, you know, he's a very busy man uh, at Klaueha High School. Chris Kobelin is joining us. Coach, how are you doing?
0: I'm great. Thank you for having me, Coach. Really excited about being on the podcast today.
1: Very excited to have you, Coach. So let's jump right in with your journey. Where's the game taking you? Where's your coaching journey taking you? I I know you do a lot with with your particular program, which I know we're we're going to get into as well. But by all means, if you want to talk about those different avenues, you're more than welcome to. But uh, where where's the game kind of taking you? And and where's that coaching journey been taking you?
0: Yeah. So um, I uh, I was actually born and, and raised for the first I'd say probably ten years of my life in Long Beach, California. And, um, ironically basketball was nowhere in my life the first, I guess, 10 years as a, as a young kid, but, um, I played soccer. Soccer was my, my, my deal. I am right now as a older ish guy, I'm five, six and a quarter. So I grew up in the four foot eight or nine range for most of my youth. Um, but I moved up to Washington when I was about 10, uh, uh, Washington state and, um, uh, close to my uncle and my aunt, uh, my mom moved just to be close to family, and my uncle was a basketball coach at the time for the Boys and Girls Club, and um, kind of immediately got into the Boys and Girls Club with him to play basketball, which is my kind of real first introduction, and I I fell in love with it um, from this, the noise, the sound of the ball bouncing, the smell, um, the the loud. My uncle was extremely loud uh he he was a yeller and a screamer but not in a negative way just in an excited passionate way Mm -hmm. and um yeah from then on i was like all ball all the time and uh so i was i was playing all the time And, and i grew up in the 80s uh dating myself a little bit but um you know we played outside like seven days a week um we were outside playing basketball um at the park, wherever we could find, at an at a elementary school's outdoor courts, uh, it was it was wherever we could find. And so um, I just, I played all the time, and, and I got to 16, and uh, I went to high school and it was just 10, 11, 12. In our high school, we weren't good by any means, but we were still in a generation where um, playing big and being tall was viewed as the best of the best, so I didn't fit in that category, so I didn't get a lot of love on the basketball team in our program, but what I did end up doing is I ended up kind of staying, staying linked with my uncle and I started coaching at 16 oh,
1: wow. uh, with,
0: with, with him in a Boys and Girls Club program that in our area, uh, there was no YMCA, there was no, there wasn't AAU back then, there wasn't um, any type of park and recs, it was just Boys and Girls Club. And so we literally had the best basketball players from all around playing the Boys and Girls Club. And I was coaching kids like a year younger than me, two years younger than me. And I just, um, I couldn't get enough of it. And I got to be, uh, I think I graduated high school. as 18 and I wanted to keep coaching with that boys and girls club. So I started going to school my freshman year at University of Washington. And I was driving back to a suburb called Federal Way to coach boys and girls club. And I mean, we're talking, I was, I was so in love with the game. I had a lot of inner city kids on my team and I was just kind of grew up driving them to their houses. A lot of them didn't have, they were lucky if they had one caring parent. Um, they they didn't have a lot of opportunities to do anything else. And um, I just, I stayed with it. So uh, I, I coached from that point on and I haven't looked back. So I've been coaching for 30 plus years. Uh, and I just kind of grew from from Boys and Girls Club as I got older and um, ended up working in the hotel business. So I was a hotel manager for uh, close to 20 years. And uh, that took me, Uh, in a lot of different areas and places met a lot of different people but I'd always come back to find coaching opportunities and um, I went from there into the school systems I I coached minor league I coached for an ABA team which that was interesting Um, and then after my ABA coaching days I jumped into middle school first I coached middle school basketball for I guess four or five years and then now I'm in my uh, fourth year or fifth year coaching high school and um yeah it's just been um it's been a journey of just love i just i love the game and, and i'm at an age now where um i want i want you said something in your opening about just falling in love with the game that's all i talk about <laughs> it i want I, I want kids to fall in love with the game because yeah it's so good so good to me and 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 i kind of I, sh- I didn't really mention but i got two kids my daughter just graduated high school last year she's playing college basketball right now awesome. uh for Uh, d3 school in Oregon uh, Linfield University and I got my son who's in eighth grade who also plays basketball I've been able to share the game with them and watch them through all of this so um, yeah I just I find myself now I've also had a club I operated a a local area basketball club for near 10 years Um, I work for a company called NBC camps which I don't know if you're familiar with them they do Mm -hmm. camps all over yeah yeah so I'm a, a NBC camp director and I just, if I can be in the gym, literally 365 days a year, that's, that's where you'll find me. And um, so that, that's been my journey. And I tell you, I've made so many mistakes along the way. And I've just learned so much from so many incredible people. Uh, my uncle being kind of the first person that just really, um, you know, one of the first things he said to me when I was 16, he said, hey, you're going to come help me coach this team. And I have one rule for you, Chris. And I said, what's the rule? He said, you got to love the kids. No matter what they do, what they say, what happens, you gotta love the kids, and that's something that to this day, um, that's how I operate. I love the kids, I love the game, and um, that's that's just kind of how I coach and how I move forward. So,
1: and with your story, and and you touched on this for sure about um, not not just all the different stops that you've had, middle school boys and girls club camps that you run. Um, all of that and i also know that you coach other sports and are involved in other sports uh besides basketball as well so your coaching portfolio your coaching resume runs pretty long and so knowing that knowing you've had all these different experiences and all these different uh positions titles and places that that you've been at how have those experiences kind of shaped you and and what have you taken from all of those experiences that you're using right now
0: um the biggest, like hands down, the biggest thing is, um, as we get older, is understanding really what what empathy is all about. And every single sport I've coached, you know, obviously basketball, but from track to soccer, um, I, I have seen kids through the years that have literally nothing that that sport team means the entire world to them. And as a coach, when you see that and you learn how much power and impact you can have on kids, it's, it's incredibly humbling. And, and the thing that I've taken I, to this day, like I get, like right now it gets me, I'm not going to lie, I'm on my, eyes, my eyes are welled up. I, I love what I get to do, but that impact to see a kid, um, that looks up to you and wants to be with you and wants to be in an environment where they're being challenged and they're getting better and they don't want to, in some cases, go home because of how bad it is. Mm. I've just learned to, to really, to dig into that, to empathize with it, to, to, to increase my ability to, to show compassion because as we tend to do as coaches, especially as I'm getting older, we tend to sometimes, you know be a little short fuse with with what's being understood when we're trying to teach and coach and that's what i always come back to i stop take a breath i kind of look at at the kids that i'm with and and what that response is with and and i just say gosh you know did they eat today uh did they have a blanket last night when they slept um was mom and dad fighting was mom and dad home um what did they have did they get yelled at by all of their teachers every single period today were they in lunch detention did they eat lunch i mean those are the things that's probably the thing that i've learned and that i've taken with me is you know chris stop what's what's happened to this kid today where has this kid been today and it's enabled me really to build incredible connections with kids uh they're genuine um they're (laughs) there's no, there's never a question about where I'm coming with any of these kids. And I think they appreciate it. Um, I appreciate it because what I found is that helps them become more genuine and honest. uh, And they Mm -hmm. tend to then they just they get better, not just in that sport, but they just they just become better, better kids, better humans, they they really understand the value of of doing something together and having that trust and connection. So Uh, Those are the things I've taken the most, just that, that being empathetic, being compassionate, understanding where the kids come from, what's happened to them that day. Um, That's, that's been huge for me.
1: I mean, it's so easy sometimes, right. To kind of get lost in the sport itself and and forget sometimes about the, the the players and everyone that we're serving. Right.
0: Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Especially when you're so passionate about the sport too.
0: Absolutely. And you know, the other unique thing in this uh, coach is that I, you know, I'm a male and I coach high school girls, so
1: yeah, I. me both. Excellent. Yeah.
0: So there's a whole nother component that I'm learning in the last few years, uh, <laughs> uh, just from an emotion standpoint. From from there's there's times when and and I've had really great leaders in our program. One of them was my daughter, and it was great to be able to coach her and have her in the program. But she would just stop and say, "Hey, coach." Right now, you just need to let us chill for a second. You need to just give us a space. And I'd be like, okay,
1: <laughs>
0: all right, I hear you. Do what you need to do. Um, but but yeah, super unique.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, nothing quite like uh, coaching coaching. I think high school girls. I think it's the best, personally. I'm a little biased, but uh, to me, I, I yeah, I love it. But yes, there are some certain things where kind of a bit of a learning curve, <laughs> kind of have to pick up on a little bit. But yeah, tons of tons of fun. That's awesome. So, I agree. tell us about the state, I suppose, of basketball opportunities, kind of kind of in your area. I know we touched on this before we started talking. You and I talked a little bit about that, but when you first started, kind of getting involved in basketball. I know you mentioned about the Boys and Girls Club as well, but as you started to get into adulthood and started to uh, really create those basketball opportunities uh, in your area, what what was it like when you first, like, stepped in and, and, and surveyed the landscape, so to speak?
0: Yeah, so uh, the area that I live in, kind of where, where the school that I work at now, so I moved to this area back in, uh, gosh, 2005. So when I moved here and our county is pretty big, I don't have anything to compare it to, but we're, we're on the other side of Seattle. We're a ferry right away from Seattle, which is a big city people know. And yeah. we're, we're in, we're on a peninsula that is, is big, but not huge. And in 2005, uh, which I don't feel like was that long ago, but <laughs> believe it, or, believe it or not, there was zero girls basketball programs outside of the school and there wasn't a boys and girls club. There was one YNCA, and they had general kind of leagues like basketball leagues, but they owned, they stopped at like fifth grade or sixth grade. Mm. And and I couldn't believe it. And I and I moved from Seattle, so I was like, what, "What what's the deal? What's going on over here?" So I started meeting with you know community members, and I and I at the time I moved here to take over for a hotel job. I wanted to coach, and I was trying to find opportunities, and there was just nothing. There was. The high school, middle school program coaches were all long-tenured coaches that were teachers, had had been there for a long time, did things the way they did them, and um, there was nothing. So I started asking, well, how can I rent a gym? At the time, my daughter was a year old and, you know, thinking ahead to when she wanted to maybe play. um, I just started asking questions, figuring out how to rent gym space, and I think I probably I'd say five years later, by like 2010, 2011, I was able to kind of finally build momentum. And I started um, kind of renting out a local school gym. And just I think I initially put it out. and This is before I got kind of into social media. I sent out some emails, which pe- we still email now. But yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I, I sent out some emails to like area coaches. And I said, Hey, I, you know, um, my name is so and so and you know, love to get you know some girls' basketball programs going, and I'm gonna hold these clinics at um, uh, this day at this time, and you know, love to have them, and they're free, and and you know, I was just gonna pay the gym costs and just try to get some girls in playing, and um, and that went okay, and I'd say I probably did that for like maybe six to seven months, and I was getting, I don't know, anywhere from ten to maybe fifteen girls would show up, and I was going once a week and basic skills, fundamental stuff. Sure. Well, about a year later, after kind of doing that, um, I, uh, I decided, you know what, enough is enough. I stopped working in hotels and I said, I'm going to um, start my own club. And AAU was around, you know, uh, definitely on the Seattle Tacoma side. um, And I thought, you know what, I'm going to start a club and I'm going to have tryouts, but I'm going to keep everybody and I'm just going to see what I can do to make a team. Uh, by that point, my daughter was what eight and, um, kind of made a team and was able to get with the high school, not the high school right now, but the high school that I, in the area that I lived in, uh, they were like, Hey, we have community use uh, facilities, so you don't have to pay. We'll give you the gym. You have to schedule it out. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. Do you guys do this for everybody? And they're like, well, nobody asks. So <laughs> I was like, well, this is great. And so I. Uh, I got to a point where I think I was at five days a week that I was getting their gym. Now, I had to go at weird times because obviously it had to be after their high school sports. But they had two gyms. So they had a main gym and an gym. And I was going five nights a week. And after about, I'd say, by my third year running the club, I had three girls teams, which I think I had like I had like a seventh, and eighth, and a ninth grade team. And I had two boys teams. And so I had close to 50 kids um, playing. And it was incredible. We were going to AAU tournaments, but we weren't per se considering ourselves an AAU team. We just were, I wanted to be a basketball club that was teaching fundamentals and bringing opportunities for kids. I wasn't talking about college. I wasn't talking about I'm the best. I wasn't trying to be in the spotlight. I just wanted to give girls specifically uh, an opportunity. And so I ended up doing that for, gosh, eight years. Uh, That was leading up to COVID. And It was crazy because soon as I did that, after my third or fourth year, all of a sudden, all of these programs started popping up in our area. Um, Many Mm -hmm. of them, many of them were charging a ton of money, anywhere from 500 to a thousand bucks a kid. And oh, you're gonna get, you know, AAU season. You're gonna do this tournament. You're gonna go to Las Vegas and you're gonna go here. And once that happened, it just snowballed. And then next thing you know, there was teams everywhere. Obviously, some good, some not so good, some some good motives, not so good motives. But (laughs) uh, I was excited because on one hand, that was awesome. It gave a lot of kids an opportunity and platform. On the other hand, it started to kind of drift to where I think kind of things are moving now, which is this all or nothing AAU. Once you're in ninth grade, you better be on a great program. Otherwise, you're not going to get seen. It's only about college. Um, I was kind of back to that crossroad well. I wanted it to be about loving the game and working yeah. hard and, and developing character and, and creating passion. That was actually my club's tagline it was uh, building character, developing, developing skill and creating passion. But, um, but yeah, so that kind of, that's, that's how it got to where it got to in terms of doing that in that same time frame, I got hired on from a buddy that was working at NBC camps. He said, Hey, why don't you run a camp? Can you get a gym? I see that you got a gym five days a week. So I said, sure, I'll do a summer camp. And, um, he set it up, we ran an NBC summer camp. And my first one I did, I had 120 kids at, And I was like, wow, there, you know, there's a lot of opportunity here. And so I just kept doing camps and clinics and training uh, within my kind of club uh, sphere. And then, um, and then when I got the jobs, and I started coaching middle school, it gave me even more access uh, until the beauty of our state, which uh, I think your coach you're in california right i'm in Um, phoenix oh you're in phoenix okay well i was just talking to another coach in california i was trying to figure out what what rules are in place but for us what happened was as a club director running all these teams our state's association for high school middle school basketball uh did not like any type of situation where club and or aau were doing anything with coaching and they made it to the point where um, if I wanted to coach school, I couldn't also run this club. And so essentially in order to, I kind of rolled the dice and said, oh, well, I'm going to go coach in, in schools. And that kind of ended the club in terms of me running that. I did have a, a good friend that I let take it over who's still running it. But, um, but it kind of put a wedge and, and kind of that's another crossroad that we sit at in terms of de- developing these opportunities for kids. Is how little we're encouraged as high school coaches to participate and work with these programs so um so that's kind of taken me kind of all through this crazy journey, but I went from one point where I was in a gym five or six days a week with kids from all over the place uh to a point now where I'm coaching high school, and I'm having to to beg and plead just to get gym time <laughs> uh uh for anything outside of the high school season, so it's been really interesting
1: yeah, I mean it's what 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 are kind of like your your I guess I'm really curious about your thoughts about you know once you said you saw like this proliferation right of like the these AAU and these club teams that that were popped up and and it it seemed to me like you were in your area at least one of the first ones to to get that going and all of a sudden there was this big proliferation of it do you do you, do you feel like it's like there it's there's a healthy like basketball ecosystem do you do you feel like it's it's in a good spot overall or or do you or do you feel like it's maybe going in a different direction than you want is there still work to do like how how do you kind of assess where it is right now
0: so there's kind of two answers i'll give you the pre-covid answer i think right right before so 2019 was a crescendo and at that time um, I had just left um, kind of one district that I was coaching at and I to go to where I'm at now. And what had happened is, and proliferation is a great word, um, and, I, and I, this probably sounds a little not so happy, but a lot of people saw an opportunity to make some money by bringing programs out and and. With the view of, we only need one or two really good players that might get some opportunities to be starting high school players, and hey, maybe even they're going to play college somewhere to get attention. And so the attention came, which was the positive side. It was great because there was all this opportunities for kids to play. Then COVID happened, and what happened was all of these programs were all using gyms <laughs> that were either school districts. Or a YMCA or church gyms, and once COVID shut down, nobody could get into gyms. Yeah. And all of these programs were were desperately trying to figure out how to keep kids playing. Well, the other hand, soccer they didn't stop. Soccer kept going during this time because hey, they can find a grass field that's open. They don't have to pay for it anywhere, and you're outside, and you can get around the different restrictions. Um, That is really COVID. Really, kind of brought it down Uh, where it was at before that. I guess to answer the real question, you're you're asking is, for me, who I love the game, I believe in the work, I believe in the discipline, the character building, and that with that you can do great things if that's what you choose to do. Mm -hmm. But it shouldn't be the only reason why you do it. Um, I felt that we were growing into an environment basketball wise where it was all about who can be the first program to get that D1 athlete. And then uh, it was almost kind of like a race to the arms of who's going to get the best player in our area. What are you going to do to get the best player? Okay, do you have Nike gear? Do you have Adidas gear? Okay, are you going to go to Vegas? Are you going to go to Phoenix? Are you going to go to the Nike TOC? Are you going to go to California? Then it just started becoming kind of like that. And that's where I kind of really said, you know what, I need to reevaluate uh, what I'm trying to do and, and the people that I'm around with um in terms of helping kids with opportunities because while we never say we don't want to see kids go off and play college that's awesome that's incredible but our whole goal and why we want to build these opportunities for kids are to develop character uh to to, you know build a, a passion and create opportunities for kids to learn incredibly lifelong lessons that will take them throughout the rest of their life to get these kids maybe to stay in school that you know, maybe these kids don't want to be in school, but, you know, maybe playing basketball will help them to want to stay in school, finish it out, graduate and keep doing stuff and keep moving forward. That's really where I wanted to be. And so coming out of COVID, um, I feel like we're back on track with that. Uh, and I know that's some of the other questions that we got later down that I'll probably kind of, uh, talk about that in terms of who, who am I'm, who I'm now involved with and, and partnering with to, to make some of that happen. But, um, but yeah, that's kind of, I guess, the timeline of how things have shaken out for the last few years.
1: And and so, yeah, because my question was going to be about like, you know, the process that you went through and you already talked a little bit about it, about like, you know, kind of organizing these camps, kind of getting these clubs going, start, starting getting things moving and getting people excited about basketball. And I think something I, I, I gleamed from your answer about the idea of getting people excited about basketball was, was focusing on just creating the enjoyment for the sport itself. And like you mentioned before, not necessarily like advertising yourself a certain way or, or making any certain like promises about like where you, you you'll end up if you join our team, but really it sounded like what was important for you and what brought that excitement, uh, for the game of basketball out, out of the players who, who came was that they did it just because it was something they enjoyed doing and, and loved doing. And and it was it was a real positive experience for them without like necessarily feeling like they had to have tons of pressure put on them. At least that's what I, I kind of get the sense out of from, from hearing your story.
0: A- absolutely. You nailed that coach. That's exactly what it was. Uh, I wanted kids to learn to love the game, enjoy the process. For me, the biggest prideful sense of respect that i gained is during that whole time uh and i had some other coaches that i brought in which which would coach some of the individual teams and stuff and obviously coaches up with camps but i to this day a lot of those kids over the last 10 years that i've been around with in this area through basketball they would all call me coach and i know as as another coach and i think a lot of coaches we live in that that environment where That's a sense of pride and respect that, you know, these kids will always refer to you as coach. And that's what meant the most to me is they knew that that I was there to help them. And um, it didn't matter whether they you know, some of them, I would say, hey, if you if you don't want to play high school basketball, that's okay, But you can still work hard at whatever you do. Maybe you're going to go into band. You're going to go into orchestra. You're going to play soccer whatever it is. Hopefully being in the gym with us and loving the game, you'll still love the game. Even if you don't go on to play at a different levels, it was never about that. Um, And kids love being in the gym. It was happy. It was positive. We worked hard. They sweat. They got better. But man, did they develop incredible relationships, incredible bonds. I mean, we had kids from, you know, all over the area. I mean, it wasn't just like it's our neighbors that all go to the same school. I mean, we had the whole county, different kids coming to the gym and at the camps. Ah. I mean, (laughs) we we bring in so many different diverse coaches and just loud, loud in the gym, fun and dancing and just getting better. And um, gosh, I talk about, it. just, that's what it was about, you know, all the other stuff. It didn't matter. You know, Oh, this person's going to, you know, try to go play college. That's awesome for them. But you know what, for us, did you have fun? Did you get better? Did you create lifelong memories and are you a better person for being a part of it? And, um, We use the saying in our program here, like the mark of our best players. And it's something that we preach and talk about is, are you making all your teammates better? Like, that's what we consider to be. That's the Holy grail. If you're making your teammates better, you're that's our kind of player. That's the kind of, you know, talk that we would have in our camps and in our our club and our training sessions. Hey, make everybody else in this gym better. If everybody does that, it, it literally like blow the roof off the, off the gym and, and it will help you in all facets of your life. And um, mm. the other thing about this, I don't want to get too far off track, but in our club, oh yeah. um, all of this being said, we also created, um, as part of our club, we had it, our club was CABC was our initials. But we had the CABC community give back and in our first year during the holidays. I'm a big holiday Christmas guy. And we, we would do a lot of fun stuff. Well, the community give back, I basically went to our club in the first year, which we had that first year. We had like 12 kids. I went to them and the parents, and said, and they were, I think, sixth, fourth or fifth grade maybe. And I said, hey, um, there's some needs in our community, and I'd like to see if we can donate some money. And then we're going to go down to the, the Fred Meyer store, and we're going to buy a bunch of food and gifts uh, for a couple families that are in need. What do you guys think about it? And every single family and kid was like, oh, this is awesome. Let's do this. And at the time, um, beaded necklaces and all that kind of fun stuff <laughs> was really popular. So the girl, and these are all, all girls, I forgot to say, but
1: yeah. So they're like,
0: oh, coach, I, I, I want to make this. And they're like, I want to make all this stuff. I was awesome. So they're making stuff. And we ended up raising that first year, I think like 700 bucks. We went to Fred Meyer. Spent 700 bucks on all this food and stuff. And we did a whole shopping trip. We made a shopping list and each of the girls was split up into teams and they went to get like, okay, they're getting produce, they're getting meat, they're getting uh, shirts and all this stuff for the for whatever kids of the family. Well, that grew each year. And the last year we did, it was actually the year right before COVID. So it would have been, uh, it was Christmas of 2019. Um, we raised $2,700. Oh, wow. And at that time, our club was now, I think, 24 girls twenty seven hundred dollars and we I think we did end up helping five families and it was every one of the girls in the program including my daughter like that's what they looked forward to yeah basketball was awesome but every year it was like hey coach at the community get back this year can we do this and hey I had a good idea we should try to do this and I was talking to my friend at school and they had this idea we could do this mm-hmm. and so it just became something that was really the essence of of kind of what I'm talking about here today is like, you know, basketball is a sport and I love the heck out of it and it's shaped my life, but it's about the relationships that that it's helped me to build and teach and grow with kids to want to build that community. That was what was really awesome about it. So um, that part of it for me, and I transitioned that into now in my high school program, obviously there's rules about how we do things like that in high school, but we do very, something very similar um, not to the same level financially, but we do a couple, uh, helping families out now with the high school program. And it's just something that like the kids literally now take it and they run with it and it's really awesome. So.
1: And, and I think that this really kind of goes to this over overarching point of like, and I know this is something I was going to ask a little bit later, but I can bring it up now about, you know, for, for anyone who's kind of looking to, you know, start you know, investing in their area and create these opportunities or or start these camps. i I, I just feel like it's so important to think about what else you're you're going to be giving and 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 all the other awesome opportunities and all the awesome other things that being a part of like a basketball team or just being a part of a team in general can provide for young people and and for players that don't necessarily have to do with basketball. There's like so much more that, our, our players, especially the, the ones at the youth level, uh, really, really get out of being a part of a team and, and being a part of something beyond themselves that I, I think it's just so important for for coaches who are looking to start these programs to just just almost realize, right, like just all of the different amazing experiences that we can provide for, for those players, um, many of which may have nothing to do with uh, basketball itself.
0: Uh, absolutely, man. I I um I can't speak to that enough. It's just, it's really incredible. It's almost like, like kind of like watering plants, right? Like, you know, y- you give this positive reinforcement and encouragement on a group of kids through a sport like this at a young age, and it stays consistent, and they are going to grow. Oh my gosh, they're going to grow into these like just beautiful young people that are learning how to just be better people to to be people of integrity to 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 believe that character matters. How they carry themselves matters. What they do in their community. We would have this thing. It's just like it's what you do in your community. It's what you do in your family. and It's what you do in your school. Those are the three areas, and the impact it has. It's just it's just crazy. The majority of these kids, you know, like we had we had a salutatorian. We've had a valedictorian. We had two valedictorians that uh, I've had kids that I've coached kind of through our club side, and. They all, to this day, I had a big group of them, along with my daughter, graduated last year. So that 2022 uh, uh, graduate group kind of was the mark of the group that I started with as fourth graders. And within that group, there's probably, I'd say, 40 to 50 girls and probably 20 to 30 boys um, that I kind of directly kind of over or had some sort of involvement from the club in high school. And they all, like, still talk. They're in communication. They were. They graduated from at least eight or nine different high schools from the mm-hmm. areas. Some moved away. They still. They communicate a lot through social media. Um, they. They are just really incredible young people, and um, to be a part of that has just been really awesome. And I. I want to share that on top of with. By the way, these seniors like from last year, they actually helped coach starting when they were freshmen and sophomores. They were helping me coach young kids. They were helping me get in the next generation of kids. And most of them asked to do it. And they're the same ones. I got three girls along with my daughter that helped me coach for NBC camps now. Uh, they spend the summer at Whitworth University uh, coaching camps there in Spokane.
1: Wow. That's and awesome. It's, yeah, it's awesome. A little so, coaching uh, tree almost.
0: <laughs> absolutely. And they're, they're great at it because, again, they, they do what matters most, which is they love the kids. Uh, they lead with character and integrity and they're incredibly passionate about the sport. So it's, been, it's, yeah. it's awesome.
1: Yeah. I, and I think just to kind of put a kind of bow on that thought in particular, and I, I feel like you would agree that if, if you're, if, if there's a coach listening who's looking to, you know, create these opportunities and, and, and really bring basketball into a community to, to really just kind of make sure that you're, you're always kind of thinking beyond basketball and thinking about all, all, all the other like great, great opportunities that exist that basketball can create. But, but, and obviously we you and I obviously we're super passionate about basketball itself, but but making sure that that we always kind of think beyond and 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 know that there's just so many other cool things and so many other uh unique awesome experiences and memories these players are going to build that um we should definitely be celebrating
0: absolutely yep, just genuine being genuine and being authentic about kind of your why. I know a lot of people talk about that, but I think for me, a lot of the coaches that I'm around um you ask those questions like, Hey, so why do you coach? What, you know, what are you doing coaching? Especially if they don't have a kid or maybe uh, they do have a kid, but the kid doesn't play that sport. Like, how'd you get involved this? Or why do you do this? And generally speaking, a lot of, a lot of coaches, at least the ones I'm around say, Hey, I love the game. I love helping impact kids. And I just, I want to see them get opportunities. And so I feel like it's a pretty good, um, it's a good mix. It's, it's a great gig, man. Coaching it's it's the best thing in the
1: world. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Um we we've kind of touched on and 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 you've touched on a little bit about the the really cool opportunities that that you've you've been able to work with and and give your players. Were, were there were there other experiences, other opportunities you hadn't touched on before that that you were really excited, really proud that you were able to kind of provide for for your players?
0: Absolutely. Um there's two, two answers that number one um, I I know I kind of probably sound like that coach. That's like, ah, it's not all about going to college and it's just about this part, but that's been the beauty is doing the things that I I would say, like people would say, Hey, you do it your way, which, okay, fine. We all have our way that we do it, but we've also, which is really cool besides just my daughter, but we've produced seven college basketball players over the last seven years. And I think that's awesome. And I didn't go to special high-end training and I didn't send them to the top program. You know what I mean? Like they just, they worked hard. They, you know, we taught them, Hey, this is how you communicate with coaches. When you contact a college coach, this is what you need to do. You need to be respectful. This is how you draft an email. This is how you send, you know, leave a voicemail. And so that kind of stuff has been really rewarding just to see them all get to those areas. They worked really hard to get to. And then the other thing is, um, as coaches, I'm sure you're you're in the same boat, man. We we have some really close knit coaching friends, and I have sure. a couple just really dyna- dynamic, dynamite young coaches, and they're they're super out of box thinkers. And one of the things one of my really close friends is doing, he has an organization. It's called Sports Beyond. It's a nonprofit, and it was started by a guy that played basketball for University of Puget Sound back in the '70s. Uh, He's still around. His name's Rick Walker. He's kind of a local hero. He started Sports Beyond in the similar way to give kids an opportunity. And him and I have kind of partnered and he took over my club. But we've started through COVID, believe it or not. Last was the summer of 21. We did summer basketball camps outside. We followed all the protocol rules. And it was the most fun thing I've ever been a part of. And from there, we were like, gosh, what else can we do? We started doing, um, we did a summer baseball camp. We did a summer soccer camp. Now, we knew nothing about baseball or soccer. I did coach soccer. But we did these camps to give kids an opportunity outside to just stay, act- stay active and, and, and build on uh, their activities so they weren't just kind of at home on, on computers and screens. So after that, uh, the same guy came to me and said, gosh, you know, Chris, um what if we started looking more at three on three leagues they're starting to creep up they're starting to become more popular and it'd be a great opportunity what if we did three on three leagues with no coaches and I was like well okay that's radical but then we're gonna have a bunch of parents yelling and screaming at these games and he said no you know we're just gonna say hey you know this is how we're gonna coach you guys sit over on the stands they can't be biased. not gonna be like outdoor street three on threes where <laughs> the their parents are all on top of the court. No, you're going to be on chairs over there and we're going to ref these games and run these games and it's going to be three-on-three games and uh, we would do three-on-three practices and trainings. And, you know, coach, we have, over the last year, you wouldn't believe how many kids are signed up for these three-on-three leagues. It's absolutely really? incredible. Oh, boys and girls, all ages. We have one next month. We're doing the weekend before high school basketball. We're doing an adult one. And I think we're already up to like, 10 teams, 10 adult teams. So we're, yeah, but it's become like awesome because, and the value too, we're charging as little as we can. We're trying not to like, you know, money's a big thing. And so we're charging these kids to come in. Let's say I think we do four or five weeks. We do a four or five week three on three league. And let's say it's like 75 bucks for your kid. You can either join up with a team or you can join up as an individual. We put you on a team, we give you a shirt and then we 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 teach you some basic stuff the coaching instructors for the league and then we play these games every week we go for an hour and 30 minutes that's it you're going to get four maybe five 3 on 3 games that night the kids play they get reps and touches because as we all know it's really hard to develop if you're playing 5 on 5 or on these travel teams where maybe you're the ninth or 10th guy so you're going to practice you're not getting to shoot you're not getting to handle the ball you're not getting to touch the ball sometimes so it's just been incredible because we're now, we're about, I think we're about ninth or 10th month of doing this. And some of these kids, these fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade kids were like, holy cow, this, yeah. this, this kid can handle the ball. Wow. This kid, like he can finish a layup. Like this kid can use his offhand. It's, it's just been awesome. And it's just kind of been, I think I, and I really give credit to his name's Josh Matthews. He's a great young coach. I give credit to him because he, he said, you know, he was researching this and he was like, Chris, man, I think this is the way to go. We get kids touches. They can they can be involved in a developing and they don't have somebody yelling and screaming at them all the time saying they're doing things wrong. Let them play a little bit. Then we coach them. We review it. And it's just been, it's been really awesome. And I'm hoping we can keep growing that. Um, and we're also doing teams within that. So we do have programs within that same structure where we're getting like, You know, teams of 10, we do teams of eight to 10 players, no more than that. Um, And we're starting that up to where we're playing kind of in localized regional like tournaments and leagues. Uh, And we're also working on trying to start our own middle school basketball league outside of the school season. Um, And we have some good promise on that. It's just uh, figuring out the gym space issue, but um, stuff like that, I think, um, has been coming out of COVID. Parents have genuinely just been like, This is awesome. And, I, and I'll say one more and I'll, I'll we'll move on because I appreciate you letting me rant. Oh, no, yeah, no, this is uh, great. This is awesome. Yeah, the other one that we just started, and I got to give credit to my my co coach here, my the boys coach here at the high school, uh, Brian Temke. Um, and there's a story about him if we have time, but he and I back in, I think our season finished, we're in March or April. And he said, Chris, we got to get the younger kids in the gym and get them wanting to be a Cahaya Eagle because. We don't have them. And so he said, what if we started the Clahaya Basketball Academy for third grade through eighth grade? And I said, that's awesome. Why don't we go first grade? He said, I love it. So we pitched our AD because we decided we were going to do it as a ASB fundraiser. That enabled us to get our gym for free. So we got it approved. And we said for June, July, August, and September, which, yes, I did not have a summer, but that was my (laughs) choice. uh, We're going to go twice a week for three weeks each month so six total sessions and each each session was from six to nine so six to seven thirty for the first through fifth grade and then seven thirty to nine for the um the middle school grades the sixth seventh and eighth grade and again this is coming out last spring right we're coming off of covid we had kind of a weird year here in school so we put it out there and here's what we did we were crazy right we said for this whole month of these sessions, which we're going to be run by the high school boys basketball coach and the high school girls basketball coach, we're going to only charge you 50 bucks. We had 250 kids sign up for the four months during the different sessions. And I mean, coach, it, I, I, yeah. I've never, I've never, I personally, I'm 46 and I told you about all my love and passion and just all my journey. I mean, I've never had as much fun as I had in those sessions over this last uh, summer. I mean, we the smiles we we started off doing jump roping together, uh, and then the boys coach would take the boys, and I would take the girls, and we would just do developmental games and And it was, I tell you, the most fun I've ever had in the gym, uh, really in my, in my entire career. And the best part was in June and July, right? because that's my period where I can coach still we had all of our high school girls, most of our varsity girls were coming out and coaching with me and being in the gym. And these little that's girls, awesome. oh yeah, these first, second, third graders, they're looking up and they're like, I want to wear that jersey. And we have in our gym, we have a big poster of our varsity girls basketball team. And they're like, I want to be in that poster. It was just, it was incredible. So that's, that's one of the things I'm most proud of just in this last kind of year coming out of COVID and, and where things have gone. I'm really, I've seen a lot of hope that kids can fall in love with this game they want to be in the gym and and the trust of the parents to just to just go out there and have fun and teach has been awesome so that's probably been the best part i would say in the journey of creating these opportunities to be able to do that and it was hard to get there man like just we had to go through our district athletic director we had to jump, jump through so many hoops to make it happen and it, it just i i'm really hopeful that we can keep pushing that moving forward and grow it even more, um, across our whole district. So
1: I'm just yeah. trying to imagine coach, how you, how you, how your schedule, how you manage to, to keep up with all these things you're doing along with the, the family obligations and personal life. Your, your schedule must be, <laughs> there's no 40 hour work weeks for you. I'll tell you, I can, I can get a sense of that.
0: No, I think number one, first and foremost, man, a loving, supportive, incredible wife, uh, there you go. Yeah, that's been the biggest thing. I have incredible kids. Uh, I'm speaking to you right now. I don't think I said this earlier, but I'm in the weight room because we have open gym tonight. So I run open gyms too. But yeah, I it's a lot of time and commitment. But like I said, from the very beginning, man, I love I love what I do. I love the opportunity to, to spend this time with kids. And these kids see it. And that's the other thing is they see what I do, and they see how much I'm here and what I care about, and it makes them feel the same way for those around them. It makes them take opportunities serious. It makes them want to help those people. I mean, we have kids that are like, hey, coach, so-and-so wanted to come to Open Gym tonight, but they don't have a ride, so I'm going to go pick them up. Is that okay? Yeah, go ahead. That's awesome. Like, it just – it brings a real sense of pride. And um, so it's it's really awesome. But schedule-wise, man, oh, coach, <laughs> it's it's crazy. It's I, crazy. Uh, I, w-
1: I would be curious and maybe also terrified to take a look at what your calendar might might look like on any given week. It must be busy, but in the best way possible. Because like you said, right, you would spend every moment you could in a gym if you possibly could.
0: 100%, <laughs> yep. Yes.
1: So something I thought that was really cool that you mentioned, and I want to t- I'm gonna circle back to that, is, and I think that, this this might be uh uh some something very encouraging for some coaches is the fact that like you said that you you don't necessarily have to be running in terms of like a club or a youth organization something that has maybe tons of money behind it or the flashiest you know of of, of gear or things like that or or do all of these certain things to necessarily produce like athletes and basketball players who are really solid really good and are gonna potentially be college players if that's what they want to and I, and I think that that's something that might be a lot really encouraging for some coaches to hear that they might be wondering like hey how do we like you know create you know we got these players and I'm going to coach them really well and we're going to do really all these really good things but I'm really worried they might not get noticed or they might not get get the attention they need but it sounds like you know you that that hasn't been a something that you've kind of let stop, stop you or your players. And you've, like you mentioned, right, you worked with them on how to contact coaches, how to kind of build that resume for themselves and how to put themselves out there, even if there wasn't, you know, millions of dollars necessarily being poured into that program.
0: Yeah. And that's a great question. You know, um, one of the things that I pride myself in the most, and I'll say this to anybody is hey, I don't know a lot of stuff, but I love to ask questions. One thing coach that Mm -hmm. For me, COVID was a really tough time for us in general, but the one bright spot that COVID allowed me was, and I would say this to a lot of coaches right now, it allowed me to get onto a lot, a ton of coaches clinics on Zoom, and they offered them free. And what that did was, I was on a ton of them. When we're talking, there was maybe 20 people on the Zoom, but there was 18 D1 coaches on there, <laughs> And they're sharing their phone numbers and their contact info. And I'm gonna be honest, I know a lot of high level programs might get a a bad rap in terms of not, you know, connecting and supporting grassroots. But every single coach that I met during that period of time, which in 2020 and 2021, I probably did over a 100 different coaching clinics or zoom, whatever you want to call it. And every single coach that gave me their number or their contact information responded. So what wow. I did with that was, I just said, Hey, how do you do this? How do you do this? What is the best way to do this? And these guys and gals just, they did, they were awesome. I would say that to coaches, man, call them. They may not get you right away. And sometimes you have to, you know, leave a lot of messages, but they do genuinely want to help us. And from there that connected me to Dan, uh, 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 Dan Hughes from, um, uh, uh, Seattle storm, right. Um, uh, uh, Jewel Lloyd. Okay. Um, I got connected to her and, you know, she did a zoom with our club and my high school team and Jewel Lloyd on a zoom with us interacting and talking with us. Um, we got another college coach that was at Boise state. We got a college coach from a centenary out in, uh, uh, Louisiana. Uh, Chris Dorsey who's a big Princeton offense guy he's all over Twitter right now he's got his playbook out but um, these these coaches and players they came on and spent time with me and the players that I had and all because I just asked Um, and 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 kind of circling back to your direct question about players really what it boiled down to was I would always ask the players the same thing do you want to play college basketball and if they say yes I would say you have to work harder than anybody else. And this is what it's got to look like. And from there, you're responsible for the work. But then I would help them with, we're going to look up every single college, whatever level has some form that you can fill out that puts you in a prospective athlete form. You just mm. got to find it. You just got to search the web, search that college. Once you find it and you fill that out, now you're in that school's database. Now, they're not just going to get that form because they'll probably get 500 and call every single player. But you do that, that gets you in the database. The next thing you do is we tell these players, social media is where it's at. And by the way, it's not Instagram. A lot of these kids think it is Instagram. It's not. It's Twitter. Almost every high-level college coach, you're on Twitter too, coach, for your podcast, right? They're all on Twitter. That is where they're going to interact the most. But you can't just come at coaches like, yo, what's good, coach? I'm good. I can do this. No, we're going to talk about being respectful. We're going to talk about what it looks like in the professional world to address a coach and how you're going to craft an email, how you're going to call them when you do call them, how you're going to speak. And so we would go through all that. And then from there, it's just a matter of there's apps, there's field level, um, there's different, you know, uh, recruiting sites where you don't have to pay. And we'd say, just get your film. That was always key too. But the really big follow-up to this, and I think this is where it's been lost, especially in high school coaching, high school coaches, just for whatever reason, it's really challenging for them to spend that time trying to help those players that do have that interest if they're not from a, an area that it's a regular cultural thing. So I, I'd have to spend a lot of time cutting up film and sending coaches film. But I did that because it was important to me and it was important to that player. Um, Now technology has made it to where I got programs. I'm on a program right now that I use. I think a lot of people use Fast Draw, Fast Scout, and then I use uh, a program called VidSwap, which records all yep. the games. Yeah. yeah, you're familiar with it, right? Yep. And yep. I can cut that, and I can send it, and I can get that off to coaches, and they'll watch it. You know, um, so it's a lot of effort, but it it's been great for me, and it's helped me to get a player seen. That's not going to normally be seen based on either our classification, our district, where we play, uh, or those different factors. So, um, so yeah, I just say honestly, at the end of the day, for coaches, it's reach out, ask a lot of questions, go to a lot of coaching clinics. Even now, past COVID, they're still doing Zoom clinics. Yeah, and
1: they're out there. Generally,
0: yeah, generally speaking, coaches will give you their contact info. And uh, and one other beauty side note too, coach: once I get a kid that goes to college. I immediately want to become that college's coach's best friend. And uh, <laughs> and they invite me to practices. I was just at a practice, uh, an interval squad scrimmage on Monday for one of our girls that graduated last year at Northwest University here up in uh, Kirkland in Washington State. And um, the coach, he came over, talked to me, and, you know, hey, anything you need? I was like, oh, I'm just curious. Can you talk to me about some of your offensive concepts? He sat right down and just basically for the next 15 minutes just told me how he – kind of his years of coaching how he got to the concepts and it was just it was it was incredible so um ask a lot of questions don't be afraid to ask questions like like i say i i don't know a lot of things and i just love learning from other people and 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 will willing i'm always willing to ask and say man I, how do you do this how, how do you mm-hmm. create that and um i tend to pride myself just in the culture part and just building a willingness to want to be better and, and grow and, and and love each other so
1: yeah, a big thing I've I've gotten out of out of hearing uh, some some of the responses you've given though is that you are definitely not uh, a- alone, and, and and the success that you've had is is such a community effort and and the effort of so many people who've gotten involved, including your own players. And I think that that could also be something for coaches that's really encouraging and really like positive for them to know if they're trying to build those opportunities is that there seems to be so many people out there who are willing to help in the community or get involved and are willing to work with you on that journey. And it doesn't have to be done in isolation at all. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like it's, it's, it's all about, um, community. That's
0: the word, right? It's community, community, like-minded people, not always coaches, right? I have a lot of people that help me that aren't coaches, but they're like, Hey, we're in this mission. We love it. What do you need us to do? And, um, it's been it's kind of life-changing to be honest because i mean i get to do what i love i get to live it i get to share it with my family i get to share with the people i care the most about and um it makes all of us better and uh gosh i learn every single day like i like there's something new i'm learning every single day and i I, matter of fact i was listening to your podcast last week i don't remember what day it was and i don't remember which episode but i literally (laughs) I was driving because I listen to him every morning and I got to school and I had to get out. I have a little notepad that I keep in my car because mm-hmm. I like write things down when I'm listening to, no- you know, listening to a podcast and I wrote down, I don't remember what it was. It was specific basketball stuff. And I wrote it down and I added it to my kind of like it's a big binder full of stuff that um, is just stuff that I hear. And that's the kind of thing I love, man. It's just like listening to people talk about this and then, oh, I heard this today. Ooh, I got to write that down. I want to try that. So
1: Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, never, never alone. There's so so much we learn from each other. Absolutely. No, I, I couldn't agree more with that. Um, Wow, this this hour has definitely flown by. And I know before I ask this last question, before I get to my concluding segment, that definitely have to have you on in the future here because I know we've probably just scratched the surface here, which is awesome. I I really appreciate uh, how much you've given us. But I did want to ask you specifically, Coach, before you hit this concluding segment, about what would be your call to action to to coaches in general on what coaches need to do, they can do to kind of help grow the sport and keep our young players engaged in it?
0: So I think... The real call to action, honestly, is um, why why we do what we do, like figuring out how you can be a competitive coach. You can be somebody that wants to build and grow and succeed, but it's figuring out why you do what you do and how we can work together. Because right now, the biggest issue I see is a lot of people just don't want to partner. They don't want to work together. They want to do their own thing. They want to have their own thing. Uh, for whatever reason, so that's my big call to action: is we 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 have to work together, especially in bigger communities. We have to work together to be better uh, and provide the opportunities. Uh, because if I go off and do my own thing and and just say I'm not going to work with you or you, you know, that's <laughs> not good. It's not good for the kids. It's not good for the community. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't share that love and passion. So that's my big thing: is working together and. Um, that's really hard because coming together means kind of like I've been saying, you got to come without ego and you got to come and just say, hey, I, I'm in this to make things better. So it doesn't have to be my way. It doesn't have to be my ideas. Uh, but what can I do to help? And that would be what I would say is the biggest call to action.
1: No that yeah that's awesome. I think that it's always important to remember and I know sometimes even I can lose sight of it that at the end of the day like we all as coaches should be working together for like the betterment of the, of these young people we work with and that providing those opportunities to give them those positive experiences it just goes so much more beyond basketball and and I think it's really important that we we never forget that.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely, man.
1: Uh, to wrap up, Coach, there's a couple questions I ask every guest, so go ahead and start with this first one here. Thinking back on your coaching career, what is a moment from that career that you think others listening would be able to learn from?
0: Um, I, I think COVID, um, which is it's kind of an isolated situation, but um, I think the biggest opportunity, the biggest thing I learned is I have to be willing to ask uh, other really smart people. Um, why they do what they do. I like the ability to just reach out and contact somebody and not feel embarrassed or, or, or feel like you're less than them. Um, that, I, that was the biggest turning point for me, really just 2020 and 2021, being able to reach out to people that I never thought I could ever reach out to. I never thought these yeah. people would talk. Uh, that's been huge for me. It's been a huge growth for me.
1: Yeah, it's in and like kind of like you said, right? There's just so much out there, and and I think one of the coolest things to me about the the game, uh, especially in COVID, brought it out is just how much people and coaches are willing to share with each other and share what they know. And I, I just feel so many coaches then and even now still are just so willing to engage and talk to you and just share their passion for the sport. And I don't know, there there's nothing qu- quite like that to me to see like such an awesome community come together like that.
0: Absolutely, 100% yeah. I agree with that.
1: To wrap up, Coach, I give every guest what I call a 60-second soapbox, but don't worry, I will not be timing you. So it's your platform to get out. Kind of a final thought, a closing message, just kind of a closing idea that you want to leave the listeners with. I'll let you kind of take it in any direction that you wish, and I'm just going to kind of give you the floor and kind of let you just go ahead and take it from here.
0: Yeah, I feel like I've been soapboxing the whole time. but uh, Oh, no, (laughs) um, no,
1: no, no. Yeah,
0: no. Um, Listen, uh, I guess what I would say is like, you know, truly love kids first Um, figure out what you're good at and that's been my thing figure out what areas you're good at i'm not good at a lot of things in coaching but the areas that i am good at figure out how to maximize those and that's been something that i really truly believe in Uh, if you're a good communicator and a good speaker utilize those to help reach more people um, if you're good, you know, at X and O's, um, share that. Share that, that insight with people. Don't be afraid to just sit down with somebody and talk shop and, and, and get ideas that way. Um, the other thing is just, you know, partner with people in your community. Like mm-hmm. even the guy, even the guy that thinks he's the best and knows everything, just go up to them and just say, man, I'd love to just work with you on these things. And, and, and allow in that sense of humility, allow for that person, if they need to feel like they're leading that conversation, because it's still going to make you better just to seek out that partnership. And the hope at the end of the day, to be honest is, is that people see your goodness and your willingness to grow and learn. And they want to do the same thing. And then if you can connect those two things, everything around you grows. It's like wildfire. It's just everybody wants to be a part of it. Everybody wants to do it. And it just really, it can galvanize a school, it can galvanize a community, it can galvanize a region. And next thing you know, you got all these kids wanting to hoop and play and and do community events and and do food drives and help those in their community and make their bed at home and listen to their moms or dads and, and, you know, all of that. So that's my soapbox, man. And and don't forget, love the game, uh, love the people you love the game with and uh, just make everybody else around you
1: better. Awesome, coach. This was great. Uh, as I mentioned, I'm gonna have to have you back on here at some point because I think we just scratched the surface of some things we can discuss. This was awesome. Was so much fun to kind of hear your story and all the just real cool things that are happening with, with, with the players, or your, your background, the, the the girls, the community, all the people you've had a great opportunity to work with. I mean, it just it just sounds great, and it sounds like things are are, are just really going in an awesome direction there. So. Uh, Coach Koblen, thank you so much. Best of luck as you uh, get really going here on your high school season and, and best of luck with all your all your adventures. Make sure you uh, take a little time to sleep there if it's possible for you as well. Thank you, Coach. Absolutely.
0: Thank you, Coach Hernandez. I appreciate the time. Take care.
1: Thank you guys so much for listening. This was another edition of the Basketball Teacher Podcast and we will see you guys next time.
0: Thank you for listening to another edition of the Basketball Teacher Podcast. Make sure to connect with us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, or reach us directly through email at basketballteacherpodcast at gmail.com. Take care, be safe, and we'll see you next time.